The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in this week. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. So I've really been enjoying my, my role as your host for the show and really getting to connect with the guests that have been coming on. I'm glad to be on your journey with you to help you find more meaningful connection to your work, or if you're already there, keep you there. So it seems to me that work is a big part of how we spend and live our lives. So if this show helps give you a new perspective on the world of work or maybe inspires you to a different set of possibilities, then I've done my job. So to recap a little bit here, some of the fun guests we've had on just recently we heard from Mark Mitford, who is a human resources strategic leader. He shared some of his points on his own career journey and gave a lot of powerful tips to job seekers out there trying to navigate their own job search, trying to find out what is that black hole of really trying to, to get a job. So gave his perspective on being the guy on the inside. Then we had on Wade Cottingham, who talked about his love of teaching piano. And the best thing about his interview was he gave a very simple but powerful way that he's learned to reframe his work. And that has been keeping him really engaged since. And all it is, is he sees his work today as a laboratory of music co-creation with his students rather than music instruction. Very simple but powerful reframe for him. And I think that's great because his job hasn't changed at all, just his perspective. It's made all the difference in the world for him. And then before that, we heard from two 12-year-old girls about what they wanted to be when they grew up, which was really a fun conversation for me. Sedalia Rochelle wants to be the first African-American female president of the United States. And then we had my daughter, Gabby Cortez, on as well. She aspires to be a chef. So both were really fun and entertaining to, to talk with, and they're both really strong and intelligent, really impressive young ladies. I heard from a lot of listeners that they really enjoyed that show. Last week, we then heard from Nicole Pesour, who's a, a yoga diva here in Dallas, she shared her interesting story how she managed to transform her career from an attorney for the city of New York to a yoga diva here in Dallas. Quite a change, quite a spectrum of, of difference there. So, you know, she had worked really hard to get that law degree and, and to pass the New York bar um, exam. But you, when you think about the years that she spent in that role, it was literally making her sick. So the stress of the work and all the life struggles that she saw people facing in that capacity Literally, she began to manifest Crohn's-like symptoms. So she turned to yoga for relief, and then ultimately it became her sanity. And then, as she say, that it became a way to serve humanity. A great interview. She gave a great interview. Now, this week, we, we get to have a little bit of fun. Our, our, my scheduled guest was a woman that calls herself Purpose. Her name is Stacey Yarbrough. Her name is, she goes by the name of a staging of a purpose and hosts a couple of radio shows herself. But unfortunately, she couldn't actually stand in for the show after all. So I was able to get a fantastic replacement. So <laughs> this week, we get to talk with Dr. Michael Harris. So think about this. 
Not many people can say they've helped Olympic athletes, professional and amateur golfers, CEOs, housewives, children, and returning vets. Well, Michael Harris can say that, so he's helped them get more focused, win medals, enjoy their jobs and their families. Michael is a board-certified clinical hypnotherapist, master in health NLP practitioner, and life coach. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks, Elise. I'm pleased to be on. I've I've never heard your show. Well... uh, you and I have known each other for a long time, so I mean, this is all new and exciting for me. Well, I am so glad you were able to come on. I have known you for several years. I know a little bit about your story, but I have lots and lots of questions here to help illuminate that for our listeners. And I know I'm going to learn something new too. Um, but before we before we get into all, well, I guess one of the first questions I really want to ask you is if if you would describe for us what it is that you do. I remember having a conversation with you before, and you had this really wonderful elevator thing that you tend to say that was different and novel. So when you try to tell people what it is that you do, what is it? What, is, what do you say? Well, most people don't really un- understand what hypnotherapy or NLP or, or even coaching is. You know, they have the preconceived notion or what they've seen, you know, coming out of Hollywood. So what I tell them is I talk to people and I tell them stories. And then they get better. <laughs> I think the simplicity of that is so fantastic. And what kind of reactions do you get to, from people when you say that? Uh, usually they kind of go into trance, which is, which is what I'm interested in, the, in them doing in the first place. I mean, basically what I'm doing is I'm helping them access their uh, unconscious mind, their unconscious processes to, to, solve their pro- to solve whatever their perceived problem is so that they can get back to what they really want to be doing which is living their lives. Mm-hmm. Now, what does NLP stand for? I'm not even sure I know that. I think I knew it at one point, but what does NLP stand for? Uh, NLP, NLP is, the de- is absolutely the definition of why you should not let college professors name anything. Uh, <laughs> it, stand, it stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. NLP was created by a mathematician and a transformational grammar uh, professional. And what they did is they took, they took language and they broke it down into its smallest components, which are submodalities, which means nothing to anyone. And then they went around and they modeled all of the best uh, technologies that, that were available. They, they modeled Virginia Satir. She was the uh, first person to do family therapy, even when family therapy was against the law. And they, and they modeled uh, Fritz Perls and Milton Erickson. And, and basically what they did is they chunked down uh, their methodology of what specifically they were doing and how they were doing it and in what order, and they basically taught other people how to do it. So suddenly in 1975, there was an exact methodology uh, for eliminating a phobia or for changing someone's belief or eliminating uh, some type of, uh, of behavior that, is, that was limiting somebody's life. And prior to that, it was pretty much hit and miss and now that you know this has been around for for you know 30 plus years so that there are some really fantastic uh clinicians and practitioners out there you know what i have to i've got to drill in on something you said there michael family counseling was illegal is that what you said absolutely it was when was the law when was that uh in the 60s wow why do you know what the premise was what was behind that um, the, the premise behind that was is that th- there was this entire client, uh, pre- uh, client doctor, client practitioner privilege, and that by and it was a, it was a, a legal thing. It, it it created exposure 
for the therapist or the physician. And the AMA just said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. Hmm. And so it's been around for, you say, 30 years now. Is that right? Since 1975, for a little, so almost 40 years. Okay. Wow. This is really interesting. I love to hear the history of how things come to be. I I had no idea, Michael. So already I've learned something. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay, So you know that I can't resist asking you a bit. I know that your your work today as a hypnotherapist isn't wasn't your first juncture. Would you sketch for us just a little bit about you know your early days? I know you've done various things, but you know I like to hear how people arrive in the work that they're doing. So how did you get into this field? Well, I want to agree with you that I've done lots of things. The only thing I haven't done so far is be a circus performer. Uh, my original undergrad work was I was a pre-vet major with a double major in chemistry and a minor in math. You know, I was, I was a dork. And I, after two You're and a half geek. years. Yeah, absolutely. And after two and a half years of vet school, I absolutely knew one thing for sure, which is I didn't want to be a veterinarian anymore, Mm -hmm. but I had no clue of what I wanted to be. So I have done several things. I worked for a, I worked for a a marble company and I had various sales jobs. And then I finally uh, hit upon, you know, one of my, one of my loves, and I know that you and I are going to talk about that. And one of those things is exercise. Mm -hmm. And I became a personal trainer. I ended up owning, uh, at one time I owned three gyms and had 17 personal trainers working for me. And, uh, there's a vast difference between being a personal trainer and running a personal training business. And you get into the, the, the practice of managing personalities. It would be like having uh, 17 lead singers from 17 rock bands all in the same room. It was, it was a nightmare. And it, it just really wasn't any fun. And so, uh, and, and, because, and because if I'm going to do something that has to be fun, I decided that I was going to close my gym, or I actually sold it. And I was going to go back to school. The thing that really uh, spurred me in, into moving into in, moving into the direction that I had. I already had NLP training. I did that way before uh, I started doing personal training, and I taught my clients how to uh, set goals and achieve them and all that stuff. But one day, I had this lady. He, she came in, and, uh, and, and it's one of those dream uh, customers. You know, they come in and you say, "Here, do this." and it will work. And she did exactly what I told her to do. And she lost 42 pounds. <clears throat> and then she uh, came in one day and said, I have, I have to stop working out. And I'm like, okay, why? And she said, because I'm getting hit on. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I, I get that. Uh, say thank you and then move on. She goes, you don't understand. She goes, and, and it was in a therapeutic study situation, I would know exactly what to do now. But in, in, at that particular time, I didn't understand. She was literally telling me that she had a pattern that was from her childhood. It was from, a, from an experience in which when she was a child, she told her, she told her mother, no, that's not, un, that's not uncommon for uh, kids to tell their parents no, especially at three or four. And she has this memory of her mother getting about two inches from her face and screaming at her, don't ever tell me no. And it went into her head and she literally had been living her life without the ability to say no. And at that particular time, I did not have the skill sets or even the knowledge to, to you know, even make a referral. I just, I had, I had no clue. So 
ultimately, this lady, she quit training. She went back to her old life, and she probably gained all of her weight back so that she would be properly, at least in her mind, unattractive, so no one would hit on her anymore. And, and that, for me, was absolutely it. And from that point forward, I was just driven to find out how our, our minds and how our unconscious filters either bring us tremendous joy, give us a mediocre life, or cause us a, a tremendous amount of pain. And yeah, that, that for me was, was you know, when the, where the rubber met the road. And from that point forward, I knew I had to find out more. Mm. You know, I think I have heard you talk about that before, but what a fantastic story. What a moment, right? What a moment. And then, so you went to school, and then what'd you study? How'd you prepare for this career? Um, well, hypnosis, hypnosis and NLP are actually kind of interesting. You can't really, uh, you can take hypnosis in college, uh, but NLP uh, training is actually in, in, pri- in private certification. So I went out to California, and I got a uh, practitioner certification and then the masters and then they have a they have another one uh, called the health pra- health practitioner and so I've done that and I also have a coaching certification through through that entity. Ultimately, I went back to school and I went to a uh, place called Huntington Pacific University and so it's a it's now an online university. It was a very small thing and at that particular time, I had to go back and forth. Uh, to California every six months and, and lived there for three. It was their requirement for me to have residency to attend their college. And it was, it was kind of expensive, but uh, it was completely worthwhile. I was just about to say, oh, I'm sorry, you had to go, you had to, go to California. Darn it, rats. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awful. You know, but somebody had to do it or, they, or they'd have to close all the hotels. Right, 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 right. I love going to Los Angeles. That's one of my favorite places to go. I don't know if it was there, but I, I love California. So those of the, those of you listening in California, I love your state. Exactly. <laughs> Huntington, Beach is, Huntington Beach is the place to be. <laughs> I love it. Well, now, how long have you been practicing? How long have you been in this field? I have been, I have been, I have been doing NLP since 1986. Okay. And I have been doing hypnosis since... Oh, like 1990. Okay. And, then I, and it, it kind of like all blurs together after a while. A, bit, a, a while. <laughs> yeah. Enough to kind of know what you're doing, I'm guessing. <laughs> sort of, yeah. I, you know, I get lucky every now and then. Yeah, well, I'm going to get some stories from, from you maybe after the break on that. But um, I do want to know, do you, are, do you have any like areas of specialization? Is there some, something that you really like to work on or that you found that you're really good at? Um, I'm really, I'm really w- good with uh, athletes. Uh, I currently, I currently work with uh, USA Gymnastics. I've worked with them before, and I, I, I was younger, you know, so I wasn't pacing myself, and and I got pretty successful pretty fast. And very soon, I had eleven different gymnastics teams on in five different states, and I spent my whole. Uh, waking moments on airplanes, and I, I'm just not, and I'm not doing it that way. And plus, they didn't have Skype back then, <laughs> so I, I am I am once again working with USA Gymnastics. And oh, by the way, for those of you who live in Dallas, the state, uh, the level six and level seven state championships are this this Saturday. Mm. So I've got I've got kids I've got kids that have been working with who are going to the state championships. And last uh, no, it's two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, four of my kids who were level 10 
just absolutely knocked it out of the park uh, in, in the state championships. And not only did they win individually, but their team uh, won one state as well, and they're going to go to regionals. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of, of them. You know, they did the work. I, you know, I, I'm not the one going to the gym 35 hours a week, so they're the ones who did the work. Yeah, that's remarkable. I, I want to hear more about how it is you do your work, but before that, though, so athletes are one of your one of your, your strong points, and anything else that you focus on? The other thing that I seem to, uh, seem to have a, a skill for is people who are very, very ill. Hmm. Um, and, and, and you know how medical, I, I had an example of a buddy of mine got, uh, he got bit by a spider. And, and most people don't know this, but with uh, black widows and with uh, brown recluse and stuff like that, 15% of all those people who get those bites, it goes systemic. Instead of, instead of local, you don't have it anywhere, you have a big chunk of skin fall out of it. It goes into your system and literally your system begins to shut down. And my friend was very, very ill, and he went to the doctor, and he got too, too ill to drive. So I spent about two months driving him back and forth to the doctors uh, twice a week. And they did all of these tests, and they did all this stuff, and they gave him antibiotics, and they gave him this, and they gave him that. And at the end of two months, and you know, tens of thousands of dollars, they said, congratulations, you don't have cancer. Wow, Michael, what a story. And, wow. And, and, and with and that, we are going to take a quick break. That is a, that, um, hold that thought, Michael. I want to I hear more about that after the break. But this is our first break here. I am your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Michael Harris. He has been talking about how he got into the field of, of hypnotherapy and just started to talk about a very, very interesting case. We'll hear more from him, from him after the break. But meanwhile, during that break, if you want to visit his website to learn more about him, you can go to www.drmichaelharris.com, so Dr. Dr. After the break, we'll hear more about how he's actually been able to change the lives of some of his clients. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A L I S E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. We're here with Dr. Michael Harris. I am Elise Cortez, your host. Before the break, Michael, you were telling some amazing story about working with somebody who had been bitten by a spider. So continue where you left off, would you? Okay. Uh, yeah, basically, after, after two months and tens of thousands of dollars of testing, they said, congratulations, you don't have cancer at all. And they sent him home. And uh, this man was, was losing weight like a rocket. He... Uh, he's never been, uh, he's never been a skinny guy, he likes to drink beer. He's like tons of fun. And he went from, I don't know, 210, 215 down to like 160 pounds in three or four months. It just like, his weight was just dropping and dropping. And, and my fear was that he was just literally going to waste, you know, waste himself to death. So we did some work with him and, and specifically what we did is, um, I put him in. I put him in trance, and uh, or actually he did. Uh, and we went back to before the spider bit him. And and literally, what we did was is like right there on the fly, we created an antibody that would prevent that spider bite from going systemic. And, that, and that's the part to me that is so amazing about the creativity of people and, and the creativity of the unconscious mind. You know, to our logical mind, that makes no sense at all. How on earth do you create an anti-spider uh, or anti-snake venom inside of yourself before, you know, after the event? But our unconscious mind has no problem with that whatsoever. He went, we went back in, we did that, and had that, uh, we went back through that event, and he stopped being sick. And his weight came back, and his appetite came back, and he went back to work. And mm. basically, medical science had sent him home to die. And so these, I, I seem to, to, for some reason, attract people like that is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the last step between them and hospice. And, and for some reason, I just, I, I have the level of compassion and empathy for them that I don't care how we have to construct it. Or, or what we have to do, but I, but they know for a fact I want them to get better. Mm. It's like you've got this sort of invisible radar out there. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, uh, do, do we have time for another crazy story? Well, yeah, and I, I would, well, okay. yes, I'll, so go ahead and say that because one of the things, I, one of the things I was going to ask you is a couple of good fun stories of, of how you've really been able to affect quality change in people's lives. So I'm, I'm up for a story. And I also want to hear how it is that you do your work. I think listeners out there who don't understand what you do are probably wondering just how does he do this? So yeah, if you go both routes, that'd be great. Okay. Uh, well, the first story, uh, I, I, I got a phone call from, I got a friend of mine who it, it seems like it's her job to send me clients. And so I, I usually hear from her about once a month or something like that. And she's got this person that, uh, that she has 
uh, in some way, shape, or form collected, and she sent them to me. And one one time, uh, she sent this uh, person, and, and this person was so ill that I actually had to make a house call, which is pretty unusual. So I went to this lady's house, and she was pre- pretty sick, and uh, she was she was supposed to have a gallbladder operation. And you know that it, although it's minor surgery, it's still a serious surgery, and she just wasn't interested in losing her gallbladder. So we're, we're talking along and, you know, then, then we get to the weird part. Okay. She had already had a mastectomy. She'd had, she'd had cancer and, uh, she'd had a breast removed and she just really wasn't interested in any more surgery. So when, when we were doing our work and I said, okay, uh, you know, so let's, let's talk to the part of your body that knows what to do. And she's like, it's not here. I'm like, well, okay, where is it? And she said, it was in my right breast. And, hey, you know, I'm flexible. I'm like, okay, well, can we ask the right breast to come in here? So we had, like, you know, Casper, the friendly right breast ghost, come in and have a chat with her uh, gallbladder. And whatever it was, that they figured it out. And, and that mass in her uh, gallbladder went away. And mm. she's fine. Mm. And, and there are, you know, just... Dozens and dozens and dozens of stories like that. One, one particular story was I, I had a lady who uh, managed to manifest cancer, uh, like, like stage three, stage four cancer, four times. And she'd come see me, and we would, we would you know, fix it up and send her home. And then, she'd, and then she would manifest, a, you know, she'd get well. All of all those signs of cancer would go away. Then she'd manifest a brand new cancer, come back, and do it again. We did this the fourth time, and finally, I I got it. You know, sometimes I'm a little slow. This woman was supposed to die of cancer, and then the fourth fourth time that she manifested cancer, it was so vast, so extensive, and in in so many organs, there really wasn't anything that we can do. I mean, we just don't know what it is that we're supposed to do when we come to this planet. And for, for whatever reason that she was supposed to die of cancer or whatever karmic lesson or whatever it was that she was supposed to learn, I was interrupting that. And that's one of the things that I have learned. You know, when I have people come into my office and they want to do this or they want to do that, the very first thing that I, that, that I want to check out is have they checked everything organically? You know, if they're having a pain or they're having headaches, and they want me to remove that. How do I know that that's not a signal that there's something wrong that they need to attend to? So I'm I'm a little more I'm a lot more careful than I used to. I used to be pretty you know avant garde. Okay, yeah, we can fix that. Well, maybe not. Maybe maybe we need to investigate this more more completely. Okay, so I have to delve down on something you said there. This is quite interesting. So you said she was supposed to die of cancer. I get the idea then that you're you're suggesting that people come here and you're saying from other places. I've heard you actually say things before like, you know, you believe that that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and I think that goes Absolutely. with what you're saying there. And I want to hear more about that too. That's fascinating. Um, but mm-hmm. it sounds like you have this idea that people are coming here with some kind of a, a prescribed journey of sorts. Is that what you're su- mm-hmm. suggesting? Okay. Uh, say, yeah, I, say more. I actually... That's exactly what I'm suggesting, that we come here um, 
you have you have seen people that they have family legacies. You know, they you know mom and dad and grandpa and great grandpa. They were an attorney, and then you know then the kid grows up and they're supposed to be an attorney. And there's a tremendous amount of pressure, a tremendous amount of stress for that kid, you know, male or female, doesn't make no difference, to be an attorney. And they don't want to, you know, they want to be a sculptor. They want to be a street mind. They want to do something. So the way that I interpret that is that that person came to this planet, to that family, to teach that family uh, flexibility and teach them acceptance and compassion for personal choice versus this, you know, this egotistical lineage thing that we do. I was going to say, as far as, uh, like, little kids who uh, some, uh, where a, family, uh, a couple will get pregnant and the child will go to term and, and then die in, and die in childbirth, or the, or the child will actually be born and take three breaths. And then, and then move along. And I cannot even claim for an instant to understand that path. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, why, how they would choose that path. What does that mean? How do you, how do you interpret those things? Uh, it, it is a mystery. And I think that that's one of the reasons that I love what I do is that this world, even though corporations are trying to make it, you know, all about their next you know, their next product that you need to buy in 18 months. This life is one gigantic mystery, and we should be out actively exploring it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I love about what you just said there is, and I think about this in relation to my research and meaning and work, is what I've learned by interviewing 115 people this go-around, I've interviewed more before that, but I've learned that there is this really important thing that a lot of people do where they they have these really important perspectives about life or attitudes about life that they oftentimes bring into their work world and express under the work that they do, or they do work in, in, in association with that particular perspective. What an interesting way to express your perspective through the work that you do. I think that's really fascinating and to do it in a mindful way. I think that is one of the things that I'm trying to impart when I do these shows is the importance of being mindful about the work that we do, doing it on mm-hmm. purpose. And I, I love that, that illustration, Michael. That was, that was gorgeous. Okay. Do you want me to answer the other question? Yeah, I want to know. Um, I want to. I want to hear about, and I think everybody else that's listening probably would want to know this too. Is how do you work with people? What is the approach that you take? And I'm sure it's different with each person depending on what they need from you. But how do you work with people? Well, there's. A, I actually have to tell two stories, and perhaps this will explain it, or maybe you'll just hang up and go, "Oh my, I can't talk to this guy anymore." Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll see. All right. The way that I work with clients is based on two experiences that I have. One of them was my Uncle Henry. When, when I was five years old, my grandmother died, and, and uh, we, went to, we went to the funeral, and, you know, they're doing, the adults are doing their adult thing. You know, they're sitting around talking about how great that my grandmother was, and she really wasn't. Uh, uh, but, you know, that's what people do after they bury somebody. So I'm running around, I'm five years old, and I'm pretty sure that either my mother or my father sent me outside into the backyard, you know, so they wouldn't have to kill me because I'm five. And I'm running around and, and, and being a five-year-old, and my Uncle Henry is out there, and, I'm, you know, after a while, I kind of wander over and go, you know, what you doing? And he's like, I'm whistling. And he whistles, and this bird in a tree whistles back. And that was cool, and I run off, and... and and, and come back, and he does it again. And pretty soon, 
I'm sitting down next to my Uncle Henry, and he's teaching me how to whistle. So going to my grandmother's funeral and going to uh, the, the post-aftermath and everybody is up, was upset and how traumatic it was, that was not my experience. My experience was that was when my Uncle Henry taught me how to whistle. And mm. the thing that's real interesting, the way that I work with people, it, it really isn't so much what happens to people, okay? Bad things happen to really good people. Mundane things happen to, uh, ba- to really bad people. It, it, it's all about the meaning that we subscribe to whatever it is that's happening in your world. You, you know, you've heard the, you heard the story about the, about the guy who gets up late and, you know, he's late, he's in a bad mood, then he gets a, then he gets a ticket, so he yells at his secretary who goes home and then she yells at his, her son for leaving the milk out on the counter and he goes, you know, and he goes out in the backyard and he sees this, it, it sees the, the, the tomcat and he kicks the cat. Okay, so the guy, the guy who got up late could have saved all of these people problems if he had just gotten up late and driven over to a secretary's house and kicked their cat. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of, that is kind of how I work. And the way that I describe it is I'm a single parent. Okay, so for, a lot, for about three years, I, I uh, coached people you know, over the phone or via the internet while I was, while I was being mom and dad to my daughter. And she, uh, had this play school, uh, kitchen thing and she loved that kitchen. And she would, she played with it all the time and she'd run back into her room and get her stuff and go back out and she'd play with the kitchen and she'd back and forth and back and forth. And luckily she enjoyed it so much that I could actually work in between. Well, there's one particular time she was gone for a really long time and it was quiet. And you know when you have kids, quiet is bad. <laughs> so I'm just true. about to get up and go, go see what she's doing. And just about that time, she comes tearing around the corner and she is buck naked and she's got a spatula. Okay? So what can we deduce from this situation? And the answer is that we know she's up to something. We just don't know what it is. So that's the second part of how I work with clients is my clients come in the door and they have, you know, XYZ presenting problem. And and my perspective is, well, hmm, I know that they're up to something. I wonder what it is. So I approach them with with the the concept of, of curiosity that I want to know how it is that they're doing what they're doing, what the original intention of that was, and how do we modify that original intention and update it? You know, it's kind of like, uh, mm. you know, somebody downloads an app on their phone and then they don't mess with it at all for three years. And when they try to use it, it doesn't work anymore. So basically what we're doing is we're updating their apps to make them functional with what's going on in their world today. Mm. Okay, that's that getting clearer for me. Yes, that's getting clearer okay. for me. Uh, now, <laughs> one of the things that you have said before that I think might also help and it's the it's the the power that you talk about of the un- unconscious. I think I've heard you say things like, "Everything that we need to know is already there," or something along those lines. So, Absolutely. Okay. Would you say more about that? Help illuminate the idea of the unconscious that you're working with. Okay. Um, in in the in the 1820s, when we invented the industrial age, and, and we we shifted our consciousness from a pretty much an unconscious society 
a very spiritual society. They shifted to a very industrial and conscious society in which if you couldn't hold it in your hand, you couldn't measure it or you couldn't observe it. It wasn't real anymore. And we are in the, we're in the last vestiges of that shift. So a lot of people are completely unaware that we have this mind, which we refer to as uh, the subtle mind or the unconscious mind, uh, and it's also been referred to as the somatic mind, that it does all of these things for us with, without us having to pay attention to it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty ADD. If I, had to, if I had to consciously think all the time about beating my heart or breathing, I'd, I'd already be dead. So we have, this, we have this part of our mind that is always awake and is, it is always doing stuff. And, and most people do not realize how much our, our lives are automated, okay? And, and that automation is, it, becomes the, it becomes the realm of the unconscious mind. You know, uh, how many people drive the same way to work? You know, what shoe do you put on first? You put your left leg in a pant leg or a pantyhose, or nobody wears pantyhose anymore, but you, know, you, you get my point. It is that we have all of these automated processes, and we think that it's our conscious mind that's doing it, but our conscious mind is a very, lim- it's a very powerful, but a very limited mind that can only keep track of seven plus or minus two things. Everything else goes to the unconscious mind, even something simple like uh, multiplication. And, and I've done this when I've done speaking engagements and stuff, and I, go, and, and I can demonstrate and say, okay, what's 12 times 12? And, and, you know, the entire room will say 144, okay? But if I ask them what 13 times 13 is, the room goes silent, and they can't figure it out because they don't understand that mathematics or, or, or actually multiplication tables is an unconscious process. Hmm, Wow. Okay, well, that, that is, that's helpful. I want to hear more about that as well after the break. We are up for another short break here. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. No, it went by so fast, didn't it? I know. It's too much fun. So um, I'm Elise Cortez, your host. I've been on the air here with, with Michael Harris. He's been talking a little bit about how he works with his clients and really helping us to try to understand the power of the unconscious. After the break, I want to hear more from you about what it is that you do, how you're engaged with your work, why is it meaningful, and what really keeps you going. So stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. 
Divorce leaves behind some lasting scars. Besides the emotional impact of starting over, keeping your family in order, co-parenting, and the general confusion that comes with it, there are also financial impacts, slow and grueling legal processes, and lack of support and resources to turn to. Tune in to Divorce Sucks, a smart girl's guide to doing it better, with host Laura Maiola. We'll bring you the tools to sort it all out the right way. Every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. I'm Elise Cortez, your host, and I've been on the air with Michael Harris, and he's been trying to help us understand just how it is he does the work he does as a hypnotherapist, and we were talking about the power of the unconscious before the break. So if you can continue helping us understand how you're trying to tap that and use that, that would be great. That's the first thing I'll cue up, and then I want to hear about trances after that. Okay. Okay. well, what we had talked about before is pretty much from the 1800s to present day, we have a, we have abandoned our unconscious mind. We still have it. You know, you'll, you'll hear people talking about, you know, they have a gut feeling or they have an intuition or they feel something. We all yes. have that ability. We all mm-hmm. have that, that access. It's, it's just whether or not uh, it is permissible in your current society. Uh, some families are, are, are very tough. Uh, some industries are very tough, and that type of language and that type of that type of communication isn't allowed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so when when um, when somebody come, when if somebody comes in, uh, one of the things that <clears throat> excuse me. That I, that I wanted to mention and, and wanted to be real specific because people have a lot of misconceptions about uh, hypnosis and about trance and even about their unconscious mind. And I wanted to be very, very specific. No one can be hypnotized without their permission. And, and, and that's a very important point. Because one of the questions, you know, you sent me a list of questions because, you know, we're not all that, uh, we're, you and I are not that glib, we're working off of an outline. And, and one of the things that I, that, I, that I wanted to mention is, that, you know, for, occasionally I get somebody in my office and I'm like, hi, what are you doing and uh, why are you here? And they're like, oh, my friend, my, my wife, my family, they sent me to come see you. And I'm like, great, see you later. <laughs> and, and come back when it's your idea. Because... I don't want anybody in my office who, who, is going, who is thinking that I'm going to be doing something to them or with them that they don't, they're in control, not me. Uh, and you and I were talking at the break. If you think about uh, trance as, in terms of a metaphor, okay, let's, let's go to California. I love, I love California. Let's go surfing. And you and I, we might wax up our boards and jump in the water and absolutely wear ourselves out trying to catch a wave. And you look back on the shore and you'll see one of the locals, okay? And he's just 
he's just sitting there. He's just waiting. And he's waiting and waiting and waiting. And when the right time comes, he's going to get in the water. And he's going to catch a set or he's going to catch a wave because it's time. And that's kind of, uh, kind of the third explanation of how I do what I do. What I'm, what I am doing with working with my clients isn't that remarkable if you think about it as a finite method of I am trained to, to help people facilitate trance. I am trained to recognize trance. Uh, there are certain there are certain cues that you can pay attention to. You can look at color change, and you can look at eye dilation. You can look at lip dilation, and you can actually tell and when somebody is going into a trance. And because I've been doing it for a while, uh, you and I can go to a cocktail party and stand there, you know, with our half a glass of Chardonnay that we use for a prop. And I can, I can say, that person's in trance, that person's conscious, that person's coming out, that one's coming in. And it's just a matter of recognizing when to catch the wave. Mm, that helps, Michael. That I'm getting clearer. That helps. Okay. 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 All right. So let me ask you this. One of the things, since I am a meeting and work researcher, I have to understand, I want, I want you to describe the, the kinds of things that you find meaningful in, the, in your work. It could be a lots of different things, or maybe it's just one thing. I don't know. But what is it about this work that you love so much? It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so succinct. Okay, and? It, it, no, well, uh, and I have an opportunity to meet people that I would never, ever come in contact with. People are just these amazing human beings and they have all these skills and all these abilities and all of these talents and I get to meet them mm-hmm. and I just, I, just uh, I don't know, maybe I never grew up. Uh, it's like I have this sense of wonder in this world that we live in and sometimes I wonder if the entire world is just, they're just asleep and they get up and they go to work and they, and they go home and they watch Dancing with the Stars or whatever it is that they do. You know, and they cash their paycheck and they have a mortgage and they do all of this stuff. And it's all this rote behavior. And they don't, and they, and then they come to me and go, oh, I don't know if I can be hypnotized. It's like, are you kidding me? You have been in a trance your whole freaking life. How do you like to wake up? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's becoming clearer to me. Um, well, this is really interesting. I mean, I, I have known for known you for several years, and I don't know how many years it's been. And consistently, you have reported how much you love your work, and you really, generally seemed quite jazzed about it. I mean, I know you have a you have a, a radio show yourself. You've written some books. Um, so, yeah, what about? By the way, let's talk about that. What about that radio show? What are you doing on that show? By the way, what that are you trying to accomplish? Show, well, that radio show uh, it's called the Healthy Mind and Body Show. Okay. And uh, and, and it is. Uh, it, it also is more fun than you can possibly imagine because I can pick up the phone or I can send somebody an email from, you know, who lives in Botswana who has written a book and it's on, on a topic that I'm interested in. And uh, remarkably, they contact me back and I say, hey, how'd you like to be on my radio show? And they say, I'd love to. So I, I, I get an opportunity to meet people that I would never, ever come in contact with. There, there's a, a lady that I'm thinking of. She's, a, she's actually an MD. Uh, and her, uh, her, her book, it, 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 if I can plug it for a second, it's called Seven Things I Learned About Living from the Dying. And she's a hospice doctor. Mm. And mm. she's absolutely 
remarkable. She's going to be on my show in, a, in I think, a couple months. But I, I, but I have just tons and tons and tons of people that I have met, and they, they all have their personal story. They've gone through their, you know, they've gone through their trauma, and they have had their personal transformation, and they're willing to share that information. And mm-hmm. my goal on my radio show is to get them as many uh, book sales as possible, get as many okay. people to their workshop as, they, as I humanly can, you know, whatever it is that they... Uh, whatever it is that they are passionate about, for that period of time while I'm working with them, I share their passion and enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very similar than how, how I experienced my radio show, too. That's uh-huh. maybe not surprising, but okay. Now, what about the book thing? I mean, I know you've written actually several things, and what the thing uh-huh. that I kind of wanted to focus on, among others, is I think you've got a series called The Elvis Sunny Bear. Is that right? Uh-huh. Am I saying that right? Okay. Absolutely. What's that? Absolutely. What's that about? Tell me about that. Uh, I w- My sister moved from from Dallas, Texas, to Bellingham, Washington, and you know I don't know if you know this, but it rains up there a lot. Yeah, I actually lived in Seattle for years and loved Bellingham. <clears throat> yes, it does rain up there. You're right, though. It does rain up there, and my <laughs> sister was experiencing uh, seasonal affect disorder, SADS, and so I wrote her a metaphor. Uh, and, and, and called Elvis Sunny Bear, and it's just basically a metaphor about uh, about a bear who wakes up from hibernation and he's got the blues. His stomach is boiled, and and he doesn't know what to do about it. And you know, everybody's asking, him, "Well, was it something you eat, ate? You know, what, you know, what do you do? Are you cold?" And he basically can't do it. So the metaphor is about his personal journey that he, and, and, and the term that I use for, for the children's story is he goes for a walk and a think. And quite often when people have, you know, you've heard people say, you know, in a sales situation, the last thing that you ever want to hear somebody say is I'll sleep on it because, you know, salespeople, they work, they work in the now. Yeah. Okay. But somebody who's telling, telling you, you know, well, I'm going to sleep on this and, and I'll make a decision. They're actually telling you that they have a really good connection with their unconscious processes and they're going to weigh all of the advantages and disadvantages of your offer before they make a decision. And what Elvis is doing is he's going for a walk and I think, and he, uh, you know, and, and I'm away the whole story. Uh, he goes and he meets a, a, a whale and this whale's name is Wally and Wally's you know, he and he are talking, and Wally starts talking about Baja California, where it's nice and warm and sunny. It's where his family spend that, spends the winter. So, you know, he and Wally talk about this for a while, and then he goes back home. And while he's, while he's sleeping that night, he is dreaming of being Baja. And when he wakes up the next morning, he is a col- he's the color of sunshine. You know, hence the term Elvis Sunny Bear. But basically what he has done is I'm teaching children how to use their unconscious processes to, to problem solve. And I've written a total of, of 12 stories, uh, four of which are published in on Kindle, um, and, and the other ones are in the process. And, and we handle a wide variety of topics, and some of those topics are uncomfortable you know, for parents and for teachers or clergy or whatever to discuss with small children what happens when, when, a, when a parent dies, what happens when uh, parents get divorced or a sibling uh, dies or something like that. How do you even possibly communicate to a child? 
And that's the purpose of these stories is that it is much better to use a third-party uh, fictional character to to explain the problem that they can relate to and, and to give resources in, in metaphor format so that they can, they can process this information. Because literally what we're talking about is why people come into my office is that they have experienced a trauma, whether it's in, in present day or in their childhood, in which their consciousness was overwhelmed by uh, something that currently was not part of their world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There, you know, out there, there are literally you know hundreds, if not thousands, of children right now who their parents have split up. Well, that's not what parents do. Not in a child's world. You are, you have two parents, and they stay together, and everything's groovy. You don't you don't spend every other weekend at your dad or your mom's house. That's confusing for a child. It's outside of their awareness. And literally, their personality splits off, and it creates it creates a secondary personality that protects them. And, and mm-hmm. that is a lot of what I work with it is is bringing those t- bringing that unconscious trauma into a space, and particularly a positive space in which that that can that part of them can heal, or that part of them can be heard, or seen, or felt, and then that's where the integration. Uh, begin, that's where the integration process be, begins, and then they can actually have access to the, to all of that part. Because when you have a child that's had a significant trauma, I mean, I, I've met lots and lots of people who have no memory of their childhood. And the yeah. reason that they have yeah. no memory Me of too. their childhood is because that information is currently elsewhere. Oh wow, Michael! What what a way uh, what a way to finish! I have to say, we are down to the place where we do have to kind of finish okay. the show here. But but let me say one thing really quick. What you just shared there was, I think, probably the stuff that maybe brought it all together, at least for me, as to really understand what it is that you do. Uh, that was that really helped bring it home for me, and I hope it did for our listeners as well. But I'm so appreciative that you came on the show, especially with such short notice. Came in and great gave this very interesting, informative interview. Thank you, Michael, for being on the show. You're welcome. Um, yeah, uh, so a, f- a few things that I took from you, actually, were that I think are important to, to remember for, for the listeners and maybe crystallize in their minds is you really do love your work, and a lot of people out there mm-hmm. would love to be in that place. So that's one thing. Um, and I've even heard you say that if you won the lottery tomorrow, you, you'd still go to work, and I think that's mm-hmm. incredibly telling, right? Um, and I also think that you know the way that you, you profoundly understand the difference between making, um, making people better versus, you know, and being part of their lives. And that's part of your meaning process. I, I, th- I feel like the way that you do your work is so integral to who you are that there's probably not much separation. So I think that's interesting. Um, and then when I think about how what you've been talking about relates to my research, I mean, I would venture to guess that there's 15 modes that I came up with. I'd say you might be living your purpose, which is pretty, pretty fantastic. Most people in that, in that camp are pretty happy people. So um, lots to learn from you there, Michael. Thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, now, next week, we're going to be talking with Kimberly Davis, who is the founder and director of Onstage Leadership. So uh, whether she's speaking to small business owners or Fortune 500 leaders or leaders of the future even, she's really all about trying to connect people to their the best of who they are. So she really is into challenging her audiences to consider you know, what they need to do on a personal level to authentically and powerfully bring their best selves to their work for a real real results. So that's what's coming on next week. Thanks for tuning in this week. And remember, work is one third of our lives. So let's work on purpose. 
hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. We'll be right back.